This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just put Doctor Online, Cunnilingus, and I've got good news. Uh, my dad has gotten his first dose of the COVID vaccine. He got it yesterday. I asked him how it went. He said it was fine. Uh, I said, you got any arm pain? You got anything like that? And he said, nope, nope, no arm pain, no, nothing. I said, now, don't be surprised if some arm pain shows up. Uh, maybe you feel a little fluish. Tomorrow, next day, maybe uh, it can happen. And then you know when you get your second dose, and he's scheduled for when that's going to happen. That's going to be three weeks from now. Um, that after that second dose, a lot of people have been saying that the second dose is the one that seems to hit them a little harder. But that is—it's normal. It's what—it's—it's a—it's a good thing that's happening because your body is doing what it's supposed to do in defending you against the virus. Um, doesn't doesn't mean though if you don't experience um, sore arm and fluishness a day or two after getting this the second dose uh, doesn't mean that you're not your body's not preparing itself it's just that your system's a little different and with my dad when it comes to pain well I've got a story about that later uh, so um, the other bit of good news is that mom has her first dose scheduled. It will be in March, March 9th. Astrologers, put your charts away. Do astrologers do charts on things like vaccine dates and things? Hmm, I wonder. Eh, probably. I'm sure there are some astrologers that'll do charts for anything. But don't, because, you know, astrology is silly. And I'm sure there are plenty of astrologers that uh, disagree with what I just said, but I think it's silly. But there's good news uh, that that's hap- that uh, at least uh, on our family end that are the pa- our parents who are very old very very old <laughs> that, that are getting their vaccines and that's cool um, the other thing that's good that's happening is that uh, we are seeing uh, I, and I'm not sure if it's directly related to the rollout of the vaccine but we are seeing infection rates going down and the hospitals aren't so overwhelmed in fact things are getting a lot easier for them there are some areas of the country that still have some still have some stuff going on but and I'm and of course I'm speaking about the United States it's but it's improving things are improving doesn't mean that we should be complacent uh, continue to wear the masks. Continue to distance yourself from other folks when you're out in places uh, like the grocery store, the hardware store, wherever you got to go. Wear your mask. Wear it properly. Cover your nose and your mouth. It doesn't work 
if the mask is just covering your mouth because your nose is connected to your lungs and you breathe more through your, no your nose than you breathe through your mouth. I mean, some people breathe a lot through their mouth, but that's just because they have deviated septums and you know, stuffed noses or something like that. But it's it just wear the mask properly. This isn't a message that's gotten through to my father, though. <laughs> he'll put it on, and we're in the car together, and he'll just pull it down over it so his nose is <laughs> is free, and it's and it's pretty much just kind of covering his lower lip of his mouth. And I just shake my head and say, "Okay, whatever." Okay, Dad. I've tried. I've tried. I mean, I've worked out a system wearing my masks where it involves my glasses. And if I do it right, and maybe I just have the kind of face that's going, it works better on, I don't know. But if I do it right, and I put the glasses right in the right positioning, I don't get foggy glasses. It works. It's fine. And I've even started to put in a third layer on the couple masks that I have that I can I can put another layer in them because uh, the CDC is saying you know three layers is better than two I was doing one layer for a while and then the CDC said two layers is better so I switched to two layers and now they're saying three layers is better so okay you know that's because science learns as more evidence comes in as it, it learns it's not that it doesn't know what it's doing it's not that scientists don't know what they're doing. They're, they're learning. Ah, more evidence. Oh, look at this. This works better. If we do this, let's, you know, the, the thing we were saying before worked better than what we were saying before that, but it improves. It gets better. That's the good thing of science. It's not a failing. That's a good thing. Well, the scientists don't know what they're talking about before they were saying this. You know, no, that's because more information came in. They were giving you the best advice on the evidence that they had. And now they've got more evidence so they can give you even better advice. And who knows? More evidence might come in and say, oh, you know, if you do this too. See? It, it, and I'm sure any more evidence that comes in, they'll, they, that, that uh, the new recommendations won't involve, you know, sticking a crystal up your ass. Okay? I'm pretty sure that's the deal. Okay, uh, so that's that's good. So keep doing that. We're seeing stuff now. Of course, there are some variants of the of the virus that are out there that are a little more infectious. Uh, from what I know at this point, uh, and I'm not an expert on these things. I listen to the experts. What I'm hearing is that the the uh, the viruses may be more contagious, but the 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 the, the, uh, um, the vaccines are working against them. And that even though they're more contagious, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're more virulent, that they're or they're more they're uh, more deadly. Um, but again, we got to be careful. Don't be you know don't be complacent. Uh, it looks like I might get my vaccine probably in May is the best chance of my getting it. Uh, our governor here in Minnesota, who is uh, you know he's being very conservative about how the the vaccine is going to roll out. He's given a timeline, and he says this is very conservative on the best evidence that, that we're getting from the from the medical experts, the CDC and such. Uh, and so we're being very conservative about how this, but if we can get more of the vaccine in, it might speed things up. But we, he said we don't want to make the same mistake that we made in December, thinking that we had a lot more vaccine coming to us than we did, but because uh, the fearless loser that was our leader before was more interested in golfing than making sure the vaccine rollout was working. See, now that we have an adult in the office, uh, in the White House again, we have people 
he's put people in charge that know what they're doing, that aren't just cronies that he's appointed. Here, you're my friend. Okay, you uh, you do this. <laughs> you know, it's not your expertise. It's not something you have experience in. But go ahead, do th you do that. Anyway, so we have reason to be optimistic, but still be careful and cautious, and let's you know wear those masks properly. And uh, um, speaking of uh, cool things, was I speaking of cool things? Yes, I am speaking of cool things. Um, a couple few months back, I heard from uh, the owner of Z Talk Radio that um, I had that the station had received a, a, a message about my show, about Dimland Radio. And I talked about it at the time, and I got really excited <laughs> that I got an email. Uh, I mean, it didn't come directly to me, but it came to the station, and it said to the, you know was saying that uh, you know the person who wrote the email saying that, you know I'm a Democrat, but uh, you know this 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 Jim this Doctor Dim guy, you know he needs to show our president more respect. He needs to have respect for the office. And I think I said at the time, yeah, the person that's occupying that office needs to have more respect for the office. So I, I don't, you know, and I asked Scotty, am I in trouble? And he says, no, <laughs> I can't stand them either. <laughs> so, he, you know, he says, you say what you want. You know? So, okay. And I was really excited that, it, you know, it was a hate mail. It happened. But, you know, I was really excited because somebody took notice. <laughs> well, um... Yesterday, I got an email. I'm direct to the official email for Dimland Radio, which is drdim at dimland.com. D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. If you want to ask me a question, if you want to tell me you hate me, if you want to say you like me, whatever, if you want to send me an email, that's where you send it. That's the official email for the show. And I'll respond. I will. And so... Uh, yesterday, I noticed that there was an email in there, and I, I what? What is this? An email? And uh, uh, I'm going to read it to you. Um, the email says, "Jim, uh, at night I send myself to sleep by listening to Z Talk Radio, as I find the majority of the shows amusing due to their content." One night, about 10 p.m., I was suddenly disturbed by a podcast in which the host made no mention of frequency, vibration, or energy at every opportunity. And so now, I have years of catching up to Dimland facing me. I'm a skeptic and an atheist, so your podcast was a breath of fresh air, the mix of humor, Science and personal anecdotes makes for great listening, so thank you for my new discovery. Oh, and I sleep with the lights off. All the best. Stay safe. Brian. Oh, I, I sent the, Brian an email. I said, you have no idea what a thrill it was to get that. I mean, I, I said, if you listen to the show, you'll, you will understand that I don't get a lot of notice. Uh, I've been doing this in a couple weeks' time. Uh, on March 13th, it will be 11 years that I've done Dimland Radio here on Z Talk Radio. 11 years. Uh, 
and I think this is the second email. <laughs> I think I think I got one that was a joke. I said nobody sends me any hate mail, <laughs> and a, and and a Facebook friend sent me an email that was that said I hate you, you know, something like that. But it, I, I it absolutely made my day. It was a boost. I, I tell you, I do this show. It's sort of a labor of love kind of thing, knowing that you know it's the best kept secret on the internet. Uh, I do it because it, it, just to get this stuff that's in my mind out. And I don't know if it's entertaining. I, I, you know, I have a listener to this show. I mention her frequently. It's Trisha. She has been the most loyal listener that I have. She's listened to just about every show. She's there on Saturday nights in the chat room. She and I chat with each other. We're the only two people who regularly use the chat room at ztalkradio.com. Uh, most of the other shows are either doing their stuff by, uh, via video on Facebook or YouTube. But there are still some shows that you know do the audio thing here on ztalkradio.com. And, but Trisha and I are the only ones that actually use the chat room because our conversation from the Saturday before to the next Saturday is still there. And any shows that would be on in between there with the chat room going, there would be a conversation in between you know, that, that would have happened. But that doesn't happen anymore. It's just we just pick up where we left off. And that's fine. So... Knowing that Trisha listens, she, and she always lets me know that she likes the show. She says, you know, I can tell sometimes when she thinks I did a particularly good one that she really gives it, you know, a good rating. Hopefully this will be one of those. But it was so nice to hear from Brian. Brian is in Scotland. He lives in Scotland. And that's cool. My show is international. I have a fan in Scotland. Uh, he says he's got like 180 shows to catch up. Really, Brian, if you go to ztalkradio.com and you you go to the, uh, the the show notes option, you click on that page, you'll see there's a folder for Dimland Radio. You will find virtually all of the 487 shows I've done. This is the 487th show. You will find virtually every one of them. There's a couple missing at the beginning, but uh, I would suggest you listen to the very first one and just hear how nervous I was because for the first couple few years, I did the show actually live. I did it on Saturday night. I just sat up and did this. But, And this is why I call it Dimland Radio, because I do the show as though it's a radio show. I say that a lot, but just for Brian. Just catch him up. So, again, so thanks, Brian. That was great. Uh, I hope you continue to like the show. Suggest it for friends and see what they might think. And hopefully, you know, uh, I'll get more people listening to this thing. <laughs> Yeah, a couple weeks, couple, three weeks, it'll be 11 years. I should probably do some kind of anniversary thing. I'll have to think about that. But what I don't have to think about, ooh, transitions are us, uh, is the, my next break, or my first break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return after this break. This is a song about a superhero named Tony. Those other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. 
Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I should remind you, if you want to check out the show notes uh, for the show, and if you don't check out the show notes, you're kind of missing out on some stuff there, because the show notes is actually sort of the blog version of the show. And I write that up every Sunday morning usually, and it gets posted there. So if you want to check them out, you go to dimland.com, you click on the uh, show notes blog option. I, I added blog to that so that you know, it all makes sense. Anyway, so you go there and you check it out, and there'll be links to stuff that I talk about here for, you know, if I'm giving any kind of evidence kind of stuff that hopefully, you know, I'm doing the right thing and showing you my sources. So, um, if you thought, if you thought last week's story about getting a new couch was riveting, hold on to your hats because I'm going to tell you about my watch. All right. Now, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, you, you know the story. But I'm going to tell it anyway. I got a watch from my brother-in-law. It had to be at least 15 years ago, probably more. I think I might have had it longer than Hayden's been around. He's 17. That's my son. And uh, it was so it was early on in my relationship with my wife, Amy. And my brother-in-law... Uh, for Christmas one year, gave me this really nice watch. It's a Wanger. I hope I said that, that's right. W-E-N-G-E-R, Wanger. Um, they make a line of Swiss Army knives. It's not the other one, the, the Victorinex or whatever that's called. It's not that kind, but it's, you know, there's two kinds of Swiss Army knives, I guess. Well, uh, this company also makes watches, and the watch that I was given is a, uh, you know, the a, an S-A-K, Swiss Army knife, design and it's and i and i really like the watch just love it and i i i wear it every day um i do take it off on occasion i i'm not wearing it right now but so i wear the thing every day really like the watch and it's it's great and um <clears throat> the other morning as i was getting ready for work I was going to brush my teeth, and I didn't have my watch on. See, I time myself when I brush my teeth. I brush for two minutes in the morning, and I time myself with my watch because it's got a second hand on there. It's an analog, you know, it's with hands and numbers and all that. And uh, so I, the, it, the, the watch was sitting on the end table by my end of the couch, and I stepped out to grab the watch, and I should have taken just one more step because I reached for it, and it was just a little bit out of reach, and my finger hit the band of the watch, and it flipped it, and it fell onto the floor. 
about a couple feet down from the top of the end table, down to the floor, which is, it's a, it's a, it's a phony wood grain looking floor, uh, and it missed the rug, and it just hit the hard floor. And I didn't really think much of it. I think I've dropped the watch before, and I just say, you know, I picked it up and I put it on, and I looked at it, and my second hand's not moving. And the time was 7.57 a.m. And I know it was for the a.m. because the date was right, because it has the date on there. So, okay, uh, it's not ticking. Um, so I sh shake my wrist a little. It's not ticking. I take the watch off, and I pat it in my palm gently, but pat Because that's sometimes when the battery's going dead, if you tap it, shake it a little bit, it'll it'll go for another maybe 10 minutes or something. It's, it's the battery's ways way of telling you, you need to get a new battery. See? So uh, I thought maybe that i do that and the second hand doesn't move and i thought uh is it possible that the battery died at the same moment that this thing hit the floor is that possible did i kill my watch well i went to work without my watch on my wrist it was in my pocket yeah, my wrist felt absolutely naked anyway so i i, I stopped at this uh, local clock store called house of clocks I stopped there over lunch or something, and I, I went in and I said, uh, you know, ask the nice lady, uh, I need a battery, and she says, oh, no problem. I said, I hope that's what it needs because I dropped it on the floor and it stopped ticking, and it would seem like it's quite a coincidence that you know, the battery would die at the same time it dropped on the floor, and she said, well, we'll check it out. And so she does, and she comes back and says, well, got bad news. There's plenty of charge left in your reg in the battery that you had in the watch. Uh, I tried a new battery in the watch and it didn't. It just it doesn't work. I uh, put your old battery back in. Um, she said, "Yeah, it's uh, it's not the battery." I said, "Okay, and it's probably not worth fixing it because you know, hey, right? It's probably you know, she's well, maybe, but uh, there is a place, and she recommended a place that was another part of town, and she said they they do good work. Uh, we recommend them." to people all the time. And I said, okay. So then I posted on Facebook about it, and I had somebody say, well, see if you can get it fixed. You know, it might be a lot less expensive than you might expect. And I said, I'll check into it. Well, you know, before I go any farther, speaking of batteries, let me go on this planned tangent. Batteries. Some years ago, my dad told me that this jewelry store in the uh, uh, Mall of Maplewood, which is just down the road a bit, he says, you go there and you get a new battery for your watch, they give you a certificate that you keep, and you bring it back the next time you need a new battery, and they give you a free battery. They just put it in, it's free, and it's for the life of the watch. I said, awesome! So I went out there, I got a battery from them, they gave me that certificate, this is great, the next time the battery died, I brought it out there with my... I dug the certificate out of the drawer, brought it in there, and said, Hey, hey, free watch. Remember me? I got the... Well, they didn't remember me, but they saw the certificate. They said, Okay, yep, sure. They put in a new battery. No charge. Awesome. Awesome. The next time the battery died, brought it out again. It says, I, You probably don't remember me from the last two years or whatever it was that I came in, but I have the certificate. And they said, Oh, yeah, okay, well, you do. And they looked at the watch and they went, Oh... I said, what? They said, yeah, um, 
we don't actually work with these kinds of watches. We'd have to we'd have to send it out to a company that works on these kinds of watches. And I said, really? And they said, yeah. Um, you, the battery will be free, but you'll you'll have to pay for the other servant to, to do it because they put it in the. But the battery will be free. And I, I thought, well, but you 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 did it twice already. And then they said. We just, you know, we, we don't want to hurt the water resistance of it. And if we don't get it to back together quite right, if we don't have the right tools and that, and we don't want that. And I said, well, I, what, what, okay, you know, timid me, went along with it. The thing cost me for my free battery, I think, 50 bucks. I don't know why I paid. I, I should have, I should have said, look, you've done this twice before. Go back there and change the battery. Don't try to welch out on the free battery on me. But I didn't. But I got them. Oh, I did. I passive aggressively did not go back to that that jewelry store when the watch when the battery died the next time. Oh no no. I this was the time I took the watch off my wrist and I held it off there for a year. <laughs> I showed them and then I went to House of Clocks and they changed the battery for me for ten bucks. And I thought, why didn't I do this before? <clears throat> Those guys, free battery, my ass. So anyway, I mean, it's the water resistant problem. I could, I should have said, look, I'll sign something. Just do it. I'll sign something. Say, I won't hold you responsible if this doesn't have water resistance at thirty meters. I'm not going to be thirty meters under the water. If I'm ever thirty meters in the, under the water, it's because I've fallen off a bridge and I'm drowning, and I'm not going to care about my watch. You know, I don't wear it when I wash the dishes, and I don't wear it when I take a shower, and I don't think rain's going to hurt it, so let's go here. But no, didn't think of it. Well, <clears throat> where was I? Okay. So the I, I'm told here's a place to bring it to to check it out to see if we can get it to to work. And uh, and I, I, I so I brought it out there this afternoon. Stopped in. Guy takes a look at it and he says, "Wow, you've you've worn this a lot, haven't you?" I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, fifteen years at least, maybe more, except for that one year when I was showing that jewelry place out at the Mall of Maplewood." And he said, "Oh yeah, the free battery thing." I said, "Yeah, those guys, those bunch of liars." And they said, "Yeah, they are. Bring it here, pal." Anyway, no, he didn't say that. And anyway, so he he says, "Yeah, it, the back part of the watch, you know, where the the, the little plate that that covers the back of it, where it turns, it screws in." The, 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 the framing of the watch case on the back, you can see it's just been worn down. And he says, that's exposing, you know, it, it makes it a little easier for dust and dirt and oil to get into, into the workings of the watch. And he says, I think something in there probably broke loose when you dropped it and it's, it was, it's kind of dirty in there. And he, I, don't think, I don't know if he opened it up. Well, I think he may, I'm not sure if he opened it all the way up or not. But, um, he, he says, and that's probably got a piece of little piece of plastic or something that's gotten in the gears that's keeping it from moving. He says, I've got it going now. And he did. And he says, now, um, you know, so it's running. And he set the date correct and everything. He did it real quick. And he said, uh, but I, he said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't set any appointments by it because it could happen. It could freeze up on you again. And he says, but I can fix it. I can open it up, clean it up, put it, you know, change, you know, fix it up. It'll be about sixty-five bucks. Now, I think that's more than what my brother-in-law paid for the watch. Now, why would I know what he paid for the watch? Well, back, you know, remember the story about the batteries. 
when when they were sending the watch away to that specialized company that can work with the, uh, the with the watch and do the right things with it, and so that I'd have to pay fifty bucks. I, maybe I didn't pay fifty bucks. Maybe it was thirty bucks or something like that. I, I can't remember. Um, they asked me, well, what's the you know, what's the watch worth? I mean, what did it cost? And I said, I don't know. I got it as a gift. And they said, and so the jewelers looked at each other and said, well, what do you think? And they looked at each other and said, ah, two hundred bucks. I thought, two hundred bucks? My brother-in-law bought a two hundred dollar watch for me? You've got to be kidding me! We, this was early on in my relationship with his with his sister. There's no way he should be spending two hundred dollars on me. That's crazy. So I went online and I looked up the Winger site and I looked through their watches and I could find that style of watch and I believe it was like 60 bucks. And I said, well that makes more sense and I hope he got it on sale. He shouldn't be spending 200 bucks or even 60 bucks on me. Gee whiz. So I can't, I, I've gone to the site recently to see if you know, if the watch still exists, the design is still available. It's not. It's gone. It's, well it's been a long time. So so I, you know, I so Amy, you know, I, we talk about it, and and I, you know, it is working, but I thought, you know, I found another watch. Uh, it's a Timex, this one, and uh, they're supposed to take a licking and keep on ticking. Yeah, remember Cameron Swayze, or what that was his name? Anyway, so remember him, uh, John Cameron Swayze. That was his name. He used to put watches on the uh, the blades of outboard motors and put them into a, a fish tank and. <laughs> let it spin and then they'd find the watch and it's still ticking yeah anyway uh, um, so I had Amy order me another watch so I'll I'll have two I'll have two watches well um, well I actually only have one watch well no no I'll have two watches but really it's three watches um, but I don't talk about that other watch all right I just don't talk about it See, wasn't that a good, wasn't that riveting? <laughs> Story of the watch. I'm telling you. Okay, so um, uh, I have a little something here for you. I got to pull up the sounder so that uh, I can play it. Where is it? There it is. Okay, yeah, I have one of these. I haven't had one in a while. Yeah, you thought maybe I was going to have a, a pedantic moment. I haven't one of those in a while either, but uh, I'm going to have a. I'm having an arg this time. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if you've noticed this, and I don't know why it bugs me, but it really bugs me. It just annoys me. It ticks. It well, it gets under my skin. You know those words. It's it's not the args aren't necessarily big things, but they're enough to just make. Oh God, they're just enough to to make me. I don't know. Yeah, what he said. So, um, what it is, is people wearing, they're generally their long sleeve t-shirts. Sometimes they have like the, the, the two or three buttons from the collar. They'll have that, you know, they'll have that on, on the shirt. And they're long sleeve. And they... Uh, you know, they have to, so it's a t-shirt, so it has the long kind of tail to the t-shirt, the bottom of the t-shirt. And what these people will do is they'll tuck in the front of the t-shirt into their pants, but they leave the rest of it hanging out. I look at that and I say, why? Is, you know, did you tie her out? 
try to tuck your shirt in? Did you get tired that you couldn't get it all the way around to the back? You know, you either tuck it in or you don't. You know, it's like the mullet of, of shirt wearing. Except I'm not sure if it's business in front, party in the rear. And maybe it's party in the front because it's short and it's easy access or something. It's just, just, you know, just tuck it in. <laughs> or don't. Do it either way. Tuck it in or don't. Okay? Make up your mind. I don't get it. What, what the hell is that? Uh, but, you know, if they don't want to, and that's how they want to dress, well, you know, how am I going to stop them? But when I'm emperor of the world, they're going to be maybe not the first ones against the wall, but they might be in there. So, you know, tuck it or don't. This is this half shit. Come on, knock it off. <sighs> Should I take my break? I'm going to take another break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I shall return after this break. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Sugawi, Uga Buga, Matsuwana, Sumbunga. Wana Wana, what's a Wana? Yogi, Umbata, Konjuju, Konmonat, Kalabanga, Ungawa. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I can't believe we just have one beer in the house, and I'm drinking it now. That's, you know, that is kids. Poor planning. Now nah, it's it's fine. I'll just have the one beer and I'll be okay. Because generally I only have the one beer anyway <clears throat> uh, on a Friday night while I record the show. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> oh, uh, I should let you know uh, the car 
remember I was going to bring it in to have a safety recall thing done on it and some other recall uh, uh, software update on it. Uh, but the super cold and my brand new battery couldn't handle the super cold, so it couldn't start the cart. Now I haven't had the battery tested. I, I will. I'll get in and have it tested. But <clears throat> I finally did get it to, in to have them do what they needed with the car, and I told them, well, you know, it's been having some weird problems. Seems like it goes through oil and rather quickly, and it doesn't seem to be leaking, but that means it's burning, doesn't it? Um, anyway, so they said, well, we'll check it out. We'll do whatever. So, And it was a two-hour test. I dropped it off at 11.30. I called them at 4.30 and said, where's my car? <laughs> what's going on? Oh, yeah, that's ready. You can pick it up. We did it. It's everything. Yeah. I said, well, what's the diagnosis? Oh, it's fine. It's not, you know, this, all the recall stuff is fine. It's, so and I said, really? Well, why is it? You know, it's, sometimes it stalls and the check engine lights on and the you know what's going on. Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> he said that, that wasn't covered under the recall. We just checked it. You know, we were just checking to see if it was leaking uh, oil or fuel uh, and to check on uh, if there's some some other thing on there. They checked and everything checks out fine. It's doing fine. And uh, and the uh, uh, we updated that software thing, so that's fine. I said, well, oh. oh Okay, and it's well. As far as you know, going through oil, you know, you know, you can do a oil consumption test. You know, we do an oil change, you drive it for a thousand miles, bring it back, and then we'll we'll figure it out. You know, what's going on? Okay, and as far as you know, the check engine light, you know, pay us a mere one hundred sixty-three dollars and uh, one hundred sixty-three dollars, and uh, we'll find out what's going on with that. Great. Oh, and by the way, your car's not under warranty anymore. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I should have bought the extended warranty. I get the call every day. No, no. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. They're just trying to get your money. You don't get an extended warranty. They're just trying to get your money. So, you know, I put some fuel injector cleaner in it. Hopefully, you know, I'll put some higher octane gas in it for a while, and maybe that'll help deal with some of the problems. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, last weekend, <clears throat> I, had a, I had a fun experience. I got to have an MRI. Yes, yeah. It was the second MRI I've ever had. The first one I had some years ago, uh, I was doing something uh, that was, uh, you know, causing some exertion. I was lifting something or pushing something or whatever I was doing. And it, as soon as I finished it, this kind of what I call like a spike headache took place. It started at the base of the back of my skull and just went boom, right up to the front of my head. And it was just like, oh, almost blinding. It's just, whoa, what was that? And it just so happened I had a physical happening shortly after that. So I mentioned it to the doctor, and the doctor said, Hmm, I'm going to have you have an MRI. Okay. And so they did, just my head, and they found nothing. You can finish laughing now. Uh, no, there was no problem. <clears throat> you know, no problem. But the second MRI that I had, well, I haven't said anything to you guys, but... Uh, sometime in the last week of January, I had a crick in my neck. It was right at the base of the neck, where the neck and the shoulder bones come together, right? And right at the base. And cheating toward the left side, a little crick. And within a day or two, that crick in the neck expanded to, it came off the, 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 the neck, the neck, and onto the, the lower, the middle part of the, of the, the back of the shoulder. Just an inch or so off of the off of the spine, and to like a spot right there where it would hurt, and then it began to radiate out 
just all to to all through my shoulder, and it was it was hurting. It just ugh, it was it was hurting. And <clears throat> you know when you when you go to a doctor, and you're telling that you've got some kind of pain, they ask you to rate your pain, and they have a one to ten scale. One, and I'll go through the scale. One being no pain. Two being eh. Three being well. Four being uh, five moderate, you know. Uh, six being oh. Seven ah. Eight oh. Nine uh, ten kill me. Okay, I'm not sure if that's the technical rating for it, but that's kind of how it goes. And and everybody has a sort of a different scale for pain. We have different tolerance levels. You know, my mother, if she has a hangnail, that's a that's a six right there. My dad, if he has a you know compound fracture, that might be a four. If you push him, he might say, oh yeah, maybe a five, five and a half at most. This he has a high tolerance for pain. Well, this thing that was going on with me, this shoulder pain, neck and shoulder pain, was baselining at about a four, maybe a five, and spiking up to a seven or eight when it got to its worst. It just was ugh, bugging me. Now, I had to set up a physical. It's that time of year. So I thought, I'll have my uh, nurse practitioner, Jennifer, you know, check it out. Uh, because when you call in to set up an appointment, the appointment taker says, well, other than the physicals or anything that you might be concerned with, anything? And I said, yeah, I've, I have this pain in my neck and my shoulder. It's been there. It gets pretty bad sometimes. It's just, you know, it's, it just doesn't want to go away. And all that. Oh, well, I should have you talk to the nurse. So I talked to the nurse. The nurse gave me some pointers, and I, she asked what I was doing. And I was taking some ibuprofen sometimes, some Tylenol some other times, heat, cold, some Anti, you know, some pain rubs compound stuff or whatever it is, you know, rub it on my shoulder. You know, I've been doing that kind of stuff. And she's, and she's well, you can keep doing that. Um, uh, she said, there's a place you can go to. Now, Health Partners is my, my health insurance company and the clinics I go to. But there's this other clinic. It's an osteopathic clinic. They deal with uh, musculoskeletal injuries and pain and problems and sports injuries and that kind of stuff. And it's called TRIA. And she said, they're partnered, so I my insurance will cover me. And she said, you can just walk in, go into Tria, and just walk in if you want to. I said, well, I'd like to see Jennifer first and see what she says. So I went in, had the physical. Actually, I uh, met with a student first, Lori. She's a nurse that's learning to be uh, studying to be a nurse practitioner. So she, they asked if it was okay if I saw a, a student. I said, yeah, I'm fine. So checked everything out. Now my my uh, you know my physical was fine. I'm in pretty good health, you know, for a man my age. Uh, the blood work and all that stuff came back. I'm in normal, and you know, no actions need to be taken. We're doing okay. Uh, the neck thing, they were feeling there, and just you know, the Lori felt some knots in there, very tight up in the shoulders. You know, it's tight because you know I got to bottle up my emotions. I can't let them out, so I got to hold them in my shoulders. That's what I do. So. Um, I get these knots in there, and, and they said, "Well, if you're doing, if your wife can give you shoulder rubs, that might help, and and all that." But so. <clears throat> Jennifer comes in and she she kind of says the same thing. Yeah, get some shoulder rubs and and uh, you can just keep doing you know taking some Tylenol, take some ibuprofen, do that. Uh, she says I'm going to prescribe you a muscle relaxer. See if that kind of helps with the tension in the shoulders and, and maybe that'll help. Well, it didn't. Yeah, it 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 wasn't getting any better. So the next week, now this was a Saturday. I went in for my physical. That was, that was cool to be able to go in on a Saturday to get my physical because they started having the clinic open on Saturdays like six months ago. That was awesome. Because, you know, 
juggling with work and all that. But I do work at the comic book store on Saturdays, so I just went in a little bit later. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, the next Saturday's coming. Next weekend's coming. My, my shoulder is still bothering me. It, it makes it difficult to fall asleep. It just, it just, it just gets... Uh, it was just... Uh, uh, go away, pain. Go away. What's going on? So I, get, uh, I go to the comic book store the following Saturday, and I was thinking, well, all right, I'm going to go to this Tria place tomorrow. It's open eight days a week. It's urgent care on the weekends, eight in the morning till eight at night. So I'm going in on Sunday. Well, Saturday I'm at the comic book store and I'm putting stuff away. I barely got the minimum work done that I normally get done when I work at the store because I had to keep taking breaks and my shoulder was killing me. Rubbing my shoulder. I mentioned something to the other guy that I work with on Saturdays and he said, yeah, I've been seeing you rub your shoulder. This seems pretty bad. And I said, oh, God, it's bad. It's just bad. And... I decided I was going to go to Tria that day. My wife was working that Saturday. Just She works right near where the clinic is. So I thought, well, we I ended up picking her up, and she said, well, I'll just wait in the car because I know she, they're not going to let her in. But because it was the weekend, the only part of the clinic, which is a big clinic, the only part that was open was the urgent care part. The The main clinic part wasn't open, but the, the lobby area was. So I was told she could come in and just sit and wait inside. So that was good because I was there for two and a half hours. Met with the doctor. He does a couple few tests. He asked me what's going on, all that kind of stuff. And then he says you know, he, he recommended a couple courses of action. One would be just go right to physical therapy and take some, give me an anti-inflammatory and, and maybe see how that goes. Or do an MRI to see if we can pinpoint exactly what's going on. Well, they, I said, let's do the MRI. This has been over a month. It's been, it's killing me. I, we got to find out. So we did that, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, the MRI thing it was pretty cool. Um, you go in, and there's a there's the person that deals with you. There's actually two people that were, were working with me. But the first person, Holly, was her name. Holly says, you know, she tells me, you know, how to, you know, did what what I should take off and all that kind of stuff, and get the gown on and all the and the pants and whatever. And how I'll do all that stuff. And she's getting me set up. And then she says to me, <clears throat> she says, what kind of music do you like? And I looked at her and said, well, you know, I like uh, punk and post-punk, uh, some industrial. I like goth, uh, early electronica. I said, you know what I've been getting getting into lately? There's this band. It's it's a it's a new band. They're from Minsk in Belarus, and they sing a. And she's just looking at me. And I went, oh, um, 80s alternative. And she said, perfect. Okay, so in I go, get in the thing, and I gotta tell you. The headphones that they put on you, I don't know if you've had an MRI. They ask you if you're claustrophobic because it can, you know, you're in a big tube and it makes a lot of noise. It's just, it's like it's bang, 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 you know, it's just noise. And so they give you headphones and they pump music in there. You know, for me, 80s alternative, you know, Minute Work, Tears for Fears. They played a Prince song. Is Prince 80s alternative? Maybe it's just 80s music. But, uh, so, uh, and, and then they talk to you through that. They tell you, okay, this next little bit's going to take eight minutes, and this little bit here is going to take five minutes, and it's, you know. And it, the, I was in there for like 20 minutes doing the whole thing. And I'm telling myself, don't move, don't move. If you move, they have to start over. Don't move, don't move, don't move. And so I didn't move. I was doing fine. And uh, my neck was killing me because the position I was in, but I didn't move. But I got to tell you, those speakers, the headphones you're putting, they suck. 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe they can't be better because of the magnetic resonance machine thing. Maybe they can't be better than that. But my goodness, you think they could, you know, so the music would sound better? It just sounds like... That's a Depeche Mode song. That's just what it sounds like to me. It's like, okay, and then they come on. Okay, this next little bit's going to take her. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> you know. Uh, so I get through, and then I sit down with the doctor. He's showing me the MRI images, which is way cool. Oh, man, you get to see inside your body. I get to see inside my, the bones of my neck, and I can, see my, I can see the lower part of the back of my brain and my spinal cord. You know, Abraham Lincoln didn't get to see inside his head. Huh? Huh? In your face, Abe. So what's going on in my neck is... Uh, Two of the vertebra, uh, C6 and C7, the gap in between them is narrowing. And a little bit extra bone is going there. So the nerve that's working its way through there does not have as much room as it would like to have. And if there's any inflammation, that can cause the pain. And it radiates across your shoulder, down into your arm. It can cause tingling and numbness and all that kind of stuff. It's weird that a nerve in the neck can cause pain in the outside of your shoulder. But it's, it's all connected, you know. And so they're they're saying, what you what you need to do is uh, we'll we'll have you come in tomorrow, which I did, and work with a physical therapist, and they'll give you some exercises you can do, which I've been, which I've been doing. He prescribed for me an anti-inflammatory, which I couldn't pick up till the next day because it was too late at this point, uh, and that seems to have been doing a lot of work. I haven't had pain since then, uh, since Sunday, so I, and that might be the anti-inflammatory. Or it's a combination of that and the uh, the uh, physical therapy that I'm doing. Um, it's pro probably a combination. Uh, actually, I haven't taken the inflammatory uh, anti-inflammatory medicine since yesterday because I have to stop taking it a few days ahead of what's the next step: getting a shot in my neck, an injection in there, going right in there, and working in, working in there. Get it in. I don't know what they're going to put in there. If it's a cortisone shot or what. I'll find out when I get there. But kids, I tell you, the pain. Oh my goodness. Was it painful. It was horrible. <laughs> the pain that I was in. But right now, I'm not in pain. Huh. I've got like 10 minutes left of this show. And I'm going to... And there was something that I was going to tell you about last week, but I ran out of time. Something I was going to spoil. I'm going to try and do this. Let's see if I can get it done in the amount of time I have left in the show. On the Netflix, a few weeks ago I told you that uh, there was... I recommended that you watch a... Uh, it was a true crime uh, miniseries, a documentary of uh, four episodes. Just under an hour long, like 50 minutes long. And it was about uh, it was about the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Really good, showing how they were investigating and trying to catch him, and how they eventually did. And the guy's just messed up. Very fascinating, very disturbing, very cool, but still very disturbing. It's just horrifying the kind of stuff that he did to people. It's just, just horrifying. But there's something compelling about murder stories and serial killer stories that for a lot of people. That's why true crime is really hot right now. Well, there's another 
four-part series documentary about... I, I, can you call it true crime? Well, let's see. I'm going to spoil this. So if you don't want it spoiled, stop listening at this point. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. So, you know, so if you don't want to spoil, pause, watch it, then come back. But the, I found the documentary series very infuriating. Speaking as a skeptic, I just kept seeing all the, the, the non-skeptical things happening in there. Okay. The, Cec the Cecil Hotel is a hotel, an old hotel, that's in Los Angeles. And it's you know it was built a long time ago, and it was it was a good hotel at the beginning, but over the years the area that it was in became a skid row. So there was alcoholics and and drug addicts, and there was street uh, sex wa uh, work going on there. There was all, you know the low level crime that comes with all that sort of thing, uh, mental instability, homelessness. It, there's all that kind of stuff happened, and the, and the hotel itself became sort of a flop house, a place for down and outers who don't have much money. It was cheap to live in, and and it became known as Hotel Death or Suicide Hotel because a lot of those people were kind of at the end of their ropes, so to speak, and ended up at the end of a rope in the hotel, you know? Suicide. And, yeah, it's not surprising. So that's that history. The Night Stalker spent a little time there while he was doing his thing, so they had to mention that. And what happened was this. A young woman from Canada named Elisa Lamb she was 21 years old. She was a blogger, so she would write about her life. She was looking for an adventure, so she went to Los Angeles. She heard about this hotel, which which was trying to be cleaned up and 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 you know gentrified a bit. The neighborhood was starting to get gentrified and and trying to clean get cleaned up. It still had the remnants of the Skid Rowish uh, aspect, but. Um, it was trying to get better. So she goes there and she stays there. She actually stayed in a room with two other women that she didn't know. And she disappeared. Her family reach out to the police. And her daughter disappears. So they start the search and they find video of her. Now this might sound familiar. This was in 2013 in January. Um, there's video of her on the on the one of the elevators in the hotel uh, it's a security video in the elevator and you see her sort of she comes on and she she hides by the where the buttons are she seems to hide she keeps looking out the elevator and she does little odd little moves with her hands and she steps off and steps back on and she, and the door seems to stay open forever and she presses a bunch of buttons and lights up all these buttons and then and then at some point she eventually runs off the elevator and 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 the elevator stays open for a while and then it finally closes now the police released this video to the public hoping that somebody might recognize her and be able to help figure out where she was and try to find her, right? So 19 days after this video comes out, uh, the, the hotel guests are complaining about low water pressure, the water looks kind of, yeah, and tastes even worse. And so uh, the hotel manager sends the maintenance guy uh, to find out what's going on with the water. So he eventually works his way up to the roof where they have four water tanks. He goes up to the water tanks. He looks into one of them and finds the dead body of, uh, of Elisa Lamb floating in the water. She was naked. Her clothes were in the, in the tank with her. So he sees that. Oh, boy. So the police find her. Okay, now, how in the world did she get in there? What happened? So that's the mystery. Well, what's infuriating about this, this documentary series, other than it could have been wrapped up in two parts rather than four, the infuriating part is the Internet. 
the amateur internet sleuths started to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig into this and they were finding every little anomaly and thinking that it meant something they were finding every little mistake or misstatement or contradiction or little shadow in the video or little bits and pieces they were finding all this stuff now what made this so mysterious was the, a police official said that the the lid for the water tank that Elisa was found in was on now these lids are different than they don't have a hinge to it or something it's a lid like the lid of a banker's box it sets on you have to take it up and off in order to access the water tank you can't just it doesn't just lift to one side or something it's like I said it's not on a hinge and so the internet was saying well how did the lid get closed if she jumped in there by herself and why was she undressed and why all this kind of stuff so the lid should have been off but the, a police official told the press that the lid was on. So it's on. It's a mystery. It's whatever. And, and as I'm sitting there with my wife, I'm infuriated by the internet amateur sleuths. I told her to pause it at one point when they were talking about the lid being on when, when the maintenance guy discovered her. And I, turned, I said, pause it. And I said to her, I said, they, right immediately, two things come to mind. One, the... the uh, uh, the maintenance guy. This was 19 days since she disappeared to when she was found. And we can assume that she died very close to when she disappeared. Because I just do. <laughs> but uh, I know I think there was the evidence was that she. it was like within that same night she ended up in the water tank. And maybe part of the maintenance guy's normal maintenance is each week he heads up to the roof to check on things he saw the lid was off goes up and maybe glances inside and her body maybe hadn't floated to the surface yet or was over at some part of the tank where he couldn't quite see it and he just put the lid on and he forgot about it you know or he's misremembering that when he got to the tank the maybe the lid was off and he's just misremembering all right you know, I mean, there's a couple possibilities. You know, never, I learned this from the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Don't assign malice when simple human incompetence can explain it. So, uh, they're eventually giving, they're giving, dropping some information along the way. We learn, and now here's where the main spoilers is coming, are coming, okay? We learn that Elisa is bipolar. She has bipolar disorder. She's on medications to take care of bipolar disorder. All right. So, um, we, when the the autopsy report comes out, it finds that she wasn't shot, she wasn't stabbed, she wasn't strangled, she wasn't beaten, she wasn't raped. Why was she naked and her clothes in the tank with her? Well, she might have tried to, you know, the, the clothes were making her too heavy to float in the water, so she took them off. Or maybe hypothermia was setting in, and a lot of times when people are, are dying from hypothermia, one of the things they do right before they die is they take their clothes off because their body feels like it's burning up. That's, that's I believe that's what they think is happening, why they end up naked. Could be that. I thought, hey, she's bipolar. Who knows what's going on in her mind? You know, maybe she's having a, some psychotic episode. Well, they checked the blood uh, of her, the, the toxicology report. No illicit drugs, uh, no alcohol, uh, and they did find signs of the medication that she was taking to deal with her bipolar disorder, but it was such a level that it was clear that she had gone off her meds. One of the things that she did before she disappeared was that she was acting weirdly uh, and just just very concerned toward the two women that she was staying with. 
She was locking them out of the room. She was leaving notes on their beds to get out and stuff like that. And so they, the hotel ended up putting Elisa in her own room. And her sister, Elisa's sister, said that that information, what she saw in the video, was all consistent with her sister's behavior when she goes off her meds. But the lid was, all, was on when her body was found on the tank, right? So the internet wasn't quite ready to accept it. There were two guys that they talked to, two men that they talked to for the documentary. There was one woman in particular that showed a lot of her video bits. They would show the video bits that these guys would do on YouTube, and then they talked to them directly, and they would show video bits that this one woman was doing, and, and then they showed a lot of video bits from a bunch of other internet sleuths. But these three in particular ones that they focused on. And they all were talking, pointing to that lid was on until they looked at the police report. The maintenance guy told the police at the time, just after finding the body, that when he got the reason he looked into the water tank was because he saw that the lid was off. That's why he looked in. The police official that told the press that the lid was on was a mistake. And they talked to the maintenance guy and they, the, the documentary makers. They talked to him and confirmed. He said, he said uh-huh, it was, it was off when he saw it. Mystery. So there's no mystery. Sorry if I spoiled it to you. There's one thing I didn't tell you about within this show. Is that there, uh, what the internet did to the life of a, uh, of a death metal artist from Mexico. And... You know. So maybe it'll be less infuriating. You will see how amateur sleuths, amateur detectives don't know what they're doing and what they will do with you know when they don't understand how to be detectives. The actual detectives know what they're doing. But there's one redeeming aspect of this. The, um, the two fellows that were internet sleuthing this that they interviewed for the for the documentary, and the one woman that they were showing a lot of videos of hers, they all accepted the explanation once they were told that the lid was on, and they realized, oh, yeah, okay, it was an accident, it wasn't murder, she didn't commit suicide. And I thought, good for those guys, good for you. Now, take that lesson to the next thing that you try to investigate on the internets. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. I did it! I got the story in. Uh, well, uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, you know, pay attention, be skeptical, uh, wear your gloves, uh, well, if you need to wear gloves, wash your hands, <laughs> wear a mask, cover your mouth and nose, uh, keep your distance, stay home when you can, get the vaccination when it comes out, uh, and uh, you're listening to Dimline Radio on the Talk Radio Network, and this is your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>